I'm Khalil Spear, power forward at Robert Morris University, and you're listening to The Tool Shed on Colonial Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of The Tool Shed. My name is Ethan Morrison, joined by Tyler Gallo, per usual. And Tyler, Robert Morris, coming off of a bit of a rough week, but ended the three-game week. Three-game week, right? Yeah, that was a three-game week. On a high note, defeating Youngstown State on Sunday. But Tyler... It's now crunch time. Four games left in the regular season. Robert Morris currently sits in 10th place, which we're going to get into in just a little bit. Some shifts, some movement going on there in the conference standings. Some big news for one Horizon League team. Um, So we're going to get into that a little bit later, as well as recapping some of the games over the past week for Robert Morris, as well as previewing the upcoming slate of games in the Robert Morris schedule. Tyler, first off, how are you doing? And, you know, what are your thoughts on this past week for Robert Morris? I'm doing well. Um, you know, pretty excited. Uh, bittersweet because, you know, last two home games during my time here at least. Um, but, you know, I thought it was a solid week outside of the game against Detroit Mercy. They put up a great fight against Oakland. Um, like, really good fight against Oakland. And, you know, if maybe if Jamal Kane doesn't have the game of his life against RMU, they win that game or a couple of free throws actually go their way. But that big win on the road against Youngstown State, a team that came in winning six in a row, shows me that this team can compete with the best in the conference, can compete with some of the teams, especially, you know, they beat a team like Northern Kentucky earlier in the year, and they played well against Oakland after getting thoroughly crushed by them earlier in the year. So I was pretty pretty happy about the results, despite, you know, them not controlling Antoine Davis earlier in the week. Yeah, and kicking things off with that Detroit Mercy game. Robert Morris, they kicked, they were kicking around for a little bit, kept the game close in that first half. But then in that second half, you know, Detroit Mercy was able to stretch the lead out to 10 points. And then as the game progressed and the game went on, Robert Morris started to slip away and, you know, defensively struggled late in that second half. They lost 79-62 the final in that game. And Antoine Davis was on a record-breaking tear over 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 this past week, you know, breaking the... I believe it was the all-time Horizon League scoring record on Saturday evening against Northern Kentucky. And then once again on Wednesday night against Robert Morris, he surpassed 2,500 points, which he becomes the 76th athlete in NCAA men's basketball history to ever reach that mark. So just something crazy there. Uh, and he, he thoroughly handled you know, Robert Morris in that first half. I believe he scored his 18 points that he needed to Tie that record all in the first half. Finished with 26 on the day. 9 for 22 from the field. 6 for 15 from beyond the arc. So just Robert Morris had no answer for him. And then obviously they returned to Noah Waterman to add on top of that. The the odds were just against the Colonials in this one. Yeah, and I'm really shocked that Noah Waterman actually played well in that game because he was not having a good season going in. But, you know, he played really well against him last year. So not entirely shocked that he did. 
And then he came in and dropped a couple of threes. You know, a couple of guys got in on the action a little more. But it was mo- it was the Davis it was the Davis show for pretty much the whole game. And Tool was saying that you know in the post game press conference, uh, just a rough one. And you know, right now they're currently slated to play them in the first round, which is uh, probably bad news for RMU because they do not want to see them in the playoffs again for the second straight year. Um, so we'll have to see what goes on in that one. Uh, I, it was a game that they sort of just fell out of. Um, they were leading for a little bit in the first half, and then they ran out of gas pretty much. They went on a horrible, dreadful scoring spell for like four minutes in the first half, really couldn't get anything going, and then that's what killed them. Yeah, and I mean, you touched on Waterman and his return. I mean, for the most part, yes, he did struggle in that, in the, in that really in the beginning parts of that season. And then, like, he still wasn't producing big numbers, but, you know, he still scored. He was in double figures three out of the past three out of the five games before, you know, his injury. And then, you know, coming back, he played um, very well, better to his standards um, <laughs> over the course uh, uh, before his return from injury and, you know, was able to really pick up where he left off. Um, but to your point, that 7-10 matchup against Detroit Mercy, if, you know, the season ended today, like you mentioned, they would be playing... Robert, Detroit Mercy would be playing Robert Morris, and that's a scary sight if you're Robert Morris. Obviously, last year was a rough one in the playoffs. Antoine Davis scored 45 in that game, really didn't have any sort of control in that game in Detroit. And really, when you when you look at it, you'd rather t- play a team like Oakland or Cleveland State, who's slated at the top of the conference, rather than playing the seventh seed or any other team other than, you know, Detroit Mercy and Purdue Fort Wayne in to kick off the conference tournament. And, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to see, you know, if Robert Morris will may somehow make a move up in the standings. It's all gonna have to start this week. But moving on to the game against Oakland on Friday, like you said, Tyler, much better fight from the Colonials. They were in it throughout just, like I said, same song and dance all year long. Just a few turnovers, few costly turnovers, few poor or a couple poor shots taken late in this one was the deciding factor. Um, Robert Morris had a chance in the – it was a one-possession game, obviously, to end the game. But they had a chance to, you know, tie the game in the final possession with, uh, with Khalil Spears – heave-ho attempt at the end of the game, almost falling. It was a full-court shot. It almost fell, which would have been absolutely insane. But, you know, like you said, Tyler, much better fight from Robert Morris. Um, uh, Tool loved the fight from his guys in that game. Khalil Spear had 14 points in this one, leading the way, along with Matt Mayers, who really stepped up after, you know, a rough stretch of games in, uh, in you know, that first, in that month of January in conference play. He kind of started to find his own, find his, find his groove there. Um, also, you know, Brandon Stone, who also hasn't had the best season in terms of production, gets up a, I believe it's a season-high 17 points for him, going yeah. 7 from 8 from the field, 3 for 3 from beyond the arc, the big man getting it done there. But, you know, much better fight from the Colonials. That's right, and I was, you know, out of town for this game, so I didn't get to watch it extensively like I have the other ones. But um, it was a good game watching, just to watching along on the app. I was seeing Brandon Stone at a couple of big threes from the corner, having a good game. Good thing he didn't point at the bench like he did at Cleveland State and get a tech for that. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a solid game. 
It's the free th- they had they decided to have their worst free throw game of the year in a game that they nearly won against one of the best teams in the conference. So that was a little bit rough for them, but they did end up you know making it one possession game. They did do the heave ho attempt, like you said, uh, Khalil Spear. If not for you know Jamal Cain having a ridiculous week, potentially he wins Horizon League Player of the Week um, mm-hmm. after his next performance, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, I mean Robert Morris. Um, we talk about the free. Th- you t- just mentioned the free throws, Tyler. They're like 22nd, 23rd in the nation. And uh, th- th- this team hasn't been the greatest free throw shooting team in years past, especially when you needed to hit your shots. Right. So it's a welcoming sight to see. But uh, Friday night was definitely not the night. Going 12 from 20 from the charity tribe, 60% overall. So not not the best night. Cam Ferris, I think he had a chance to, you know, three free throws after getting fouled um, at the three-point line. Only converted once, so that was it. Was it was yeah, it was the that was the story of that Friday night game. But moving on to Sunday's game Ooh. on the road against Youngstown State or Youth Town, as some of my friends back home like to call it. Um, Robert Morris, they were coming into this one losers of their last two, obviously losing to Oakland and Detroit Mercy in their prior games. Youngstown State, on the other hand, were winners of their last six straight. <laughs> so it wasn't looking good for the Colonials in this one, but as they did against Oakland and as they did in their previous matchup against Youngstown State, against those Penguins, it was a tight one. And once again, it was a tight one throughout until the second half where we kind of saw Robert, not Robert Morris, excuse me, Youngstown State start to pull away with it and Robert Morris, holy, how about the fight they showed in this one? Three players, excuse me, four players were able to reach double figures in this one, including Khalil Spear, yet another career high in points with 27. Just an overall insane game for Robert Morris. They come from behind and win this one down 10 midway through the second half, come back and win 73-68 to on the road. Huge win for Robert Morris in this one. Um, down the stretch there in Youngstown. Again, once again, I was out of town, but you were in town for that game. You you were there, and again, following along, just checking after periods were over and saying, oh my goodness, this game is close, this game is close. And then I came back for after the second period, I was like, they won. They were down like 10 when I was like, all right. And then I, I checked in, they were, they won 73-68. What a game for Khalil Spear, man. I mean, we just got to give, uh, give him all his just due. He's been such a very good, very, very great player for this team this year. Nothing else to write. I mean, he's just been everything you could have asked for, everything we thought he would be. You know, when he first got here, we were saying, oh, this guy's going to be extremely, extremely good for this team, getting a new chance to play, getting a chance to actually, you know, excel as opposed to not at Bucknell, moving over to the Horizon League. And, you know, he's just really taken the opportunity to run with it. We saw him last year. We saw flashes of it. And then this year, he's just been another level. And then, of course, Cam Ferris had a nice step-up game. Brandon Stone wants to get a couple more. And also, Khalil hitting from three in that game. Yeah. Like you said, three for 22 coming into that game. And then he goes perfect, I believe, from beyond the arc. And eight yep. for nine overall. What a game. Yeah, just crazy game for Spear. And, you know, just when you look at it, he took the game into his own hands. He, he did. was like, we're not going to lose this game. I saw him on Sunday. I wish we got this on video. But he the, end, the ball was inbounded, Tyler. And... It was in, I think it was inbounded to Green. Green gives it back to Khalil, and he's ball handling up the floor, <laughs> and does a little crossover, goes into the paint, and just lays it. I'm like, he's he's got it. He's just he's just not going to miss today, and he only missed 
I think one of his shots that whole entire game. And as I'm going to try to sit down, there we go. There we go. <laughs> but only missed one of his shots the entire entire way. Just crazy game for Khalil. Yet another career high. I think that's the second time he's broken his career high in yeah. points this season. So very good game for him. Um, also, as you mentioned, Cam Ferris, he he did have a step up in production from you know the past couple of games that he played, but. He hit his shots when it mattered, which was great, but he, he still needs to be a consistent scorer on this team, and he's dealt with injuries throughout this entire season, hasn't really had that consistent playing time. So hopefully this was a game you know, where it's a stepping stone into where he can contribute at a, at a high level. Came off the bench and played 31 minutes, so still trying to get him off the speed up the par there. But even you know with Enoch Cheeks out with like four fouls, I think it was, in that second half, he didn't really play much. Um, but, you know, even without Chishu, we were able to get Ferris involved once again and really have a good day from the guards. Um, I believe shooting their best from three they have all year, seven from yep. 11, 63% from the field there. So that was a huge win on the road on Sunday. I mean, even Andy Toole was like, after the game, he was like, yeah, this isn't a game that you, like, circle on your calendar. You're like, oh, yeah, we can get this game. No, this is a game where it's the end of the week. You've played two other games um, heading into this one. You're on the road, new start time. This isn't the game that you're going to mark and say, oh, yeah, we have a good chance of winning. But, you know, they were able to figure it out and really, you know, hand, handle Youngstown State in this one. Um, big solid win on the road there. But moving on to this weekend's slate, final two home games of the year. Uh, first one coming on Thursday against IUPUI. Last team in the net. I hear you're going to be uh, suiting up for that game for IUPUI, Ethan. Oh, oh, oh yes. Yes, I, as I put my name in the transfer portal, I mean, they, they didn't reach out to me, though, so oh, man. unfortunately I, I did not get offered a, a full ride to go to IUPUI <laughs> to compete in this one. But IUPUI is traveling here to Thursday's game. Uh, this game should be an easy game for Robert Morris, but something they cannot do is look ahead to UIC on Saturday. Just something they cannot do. They have to take this game against IEPUI seriously, get a fast start, and be able to control the pace of play throughout the game. You, we saw in that first game on the road, uh, just dating back to that one, they won the game by 17, but the score really didn't do the game justice as IEPUI was able to keep the game close for the most part, especially in the, uh, you know leading into that second half of the game um but you know just looking at you know BJ BJ Maxwell um I believe he scored uh, he scored 16. 16 points in that last game so really that's the your one guy that you're going to have to have circled on your uh, box scoring stat sheet and you know if you're Andy Tool someone that you're going to have to neutralize in this game but other than that I mean if you're able to neutralize him and then, you know, Boston Stanton also put up a career high in that one, the freshman um, from, I think he's from Colorado. He put up a career high 10 points against the Colonials in that opening game. Um, if you're just able to get production from, you know, your guys like Spear Cheeks, obviously if Ferris is able to, to once again step up and have a big game, um, that would be much needed as well. And, you know, if they're just able to continue to roll and play like they did against Youngstown State, I think they'll be in a good spot. That's right, and, you know, they can take these two games. Don't take them with a grain of salt, but take them. There's actually three straight winnable games for them. I know Northern Kentucky is further up in the conference, but they did beat them 
pretty uh, pretty soundly the last time they played. Um, but yeah, like you said, IPY is not a, not a it's a trap game. But you know, at home, you know, last time they played a close, yeah, it was on the road. RMU has had their struggles on the road this year. Only have three road wins, IUPUI and that big Youngstown State win. So if they can just play their game and, you know, play well, they'll do just fine against IUPUI. UIC, I think, is one that can actually go their way this time on the road. They went there and just couldn't find that extra edge to get them over. They they brought the game close. They got it back to close, and then they just couldn't win. Now I think in Moon Township they'll get the dub. And then, of course, Northern Kentucky will never know what happened with that one. And then they finish off the right state. If they win three or four, you could see them maybe move into eighth. And mm-hmm. that's probably or, – or ninth. And I think that's ideal for them because that means they play Milwaukee in the first round, a team they know how to play. And with Patrick Baldwin Jr. probably not playing in that game either, it's going to be a game that, you know, you look for for them to maybe win and then move on to the next round to play potentially Cleveland State mm-hmm. or one of the top four teams. Yeah, and just some numbers from IEPUI. B.J. Maxwell averaging 12 Point three points per game. That's really the only uh, big uh, production that they've gotten um, this season um, in terms of scoring. Uh, next guy's uh, Bakari Lestrap, uh, averaging eight points. Moving on to Friday, you know, Saturday's also- game. Um, UIC, um, like like Tyler Tyler mentioned, it's a game where you know it was close on the road, but definitely a game where Army can pick up. And win this one. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, a big weekend, a, a, a sweepable weekend if they they keep, if Robert Morris keeps their priorities in check and is able to, and if they're able to come out with the uh, series or the home series sweep, um, I think they'll be, they'll be in good shape heading into the final weekend of the season on the road. Also, big Horizon League news this week. Um, after, the Horizon League announced that UIC would not be allowed to compete in the postseason tournament. There are now the Horizon League took back that uh, rescind, rescinded, rescinded. They rescinded that, and UIC is now able to compete in the conference tournament. Um, I'm I'm not even going to get into that. Yeah. Um, you'll see you'll see my thoughts at a later date. <laughs> on that and how I feel about that. But others have strong opinions on that as well, that, which I'm not going to get into. But UIC is back in it, which kind of shakes up everything once again. Um, I mean, obviously we've, we saw Robert Morris have the chance to possibly move up into eighth. Now with UIC back into the mix and not winning that first game, not having the true head-to-head matchup um, as of now, um, it, it, it looks like Robert Morris... Um, is either going to be in the tenth seed or possibly be able to move up to ninth? Who knows? Still a lot of basketball to be played, but that is that in terms of the UIC news. So Tyler, anything else before we wrap up this episode of the Tool Shed? Well, hopefully we see them, you know, get that nine seed, and if not, maybe we'll be on the road in Detroit for that game. That's going to be an interesting trip to take. But other than that, you know, looking forward to the remainder of the season, looking forward to covering the game on Saturday and seeing how the rest of the season plays out for this team. That indeed. Well, thank you for listening and tuning in to this episode of the Toolshed. For Tyler, for Tyler Gallo, excuse me, I'm Ethan Morrison. We will see you next time. <laughs>